Good afternoon and welcome to Trial by Fire podcast with your hosts, Stacey Huck and Rachel Kovac. Hey, Stace, how are you doing? Pretty good. I'm super pumped for Thanksgiving week. Yes. Oh, I love Thanksgiving. We're so glad to be with you today and just echo our voices of gratitude, not only um, for each other, but also for all of our amazing viewers. Um, We've now officially had over 250 downloads. Oh, really? Yeah. Why didn't you never tell me that before? Because I check it every week. I check it every week and I check them all and now we like wow. this week we crossed 250 so it's all exciting you know to track in all our progress and all that and if we couldn't do that without all our amazing viewers so thank you all so much for tuning in sharing us out and following us on social uh, so before we get started Stacey's going to lead us away in opening prayer all right in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen, amen. lord jesus your love knows no bounds and you give without measure. All that I have comes from you. May I give freely and generously in gratitude for all that you have given to me. Take my life and all that I possess, my gifts, talents, time, and resources, and use them as you see fit for your glory. Amen. Amen. Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Yeah, so it is Thanksgiving week. I just can't even process that we're in approaching the end of November in 2020. What a year it's been, but there is still, even in all the chaos, there's still so much to be grateful for. Um, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm slumming it in California this year because uh, thanks to COVID, I can't, um, I cannot go home to see my family. Um, and my daughter is currently in Philly, so that's a no-go either. Uh, luckily, uh, we just seen our, we just seen each other a couple weeks ago. She came to visit for almost a month. So that's kind of good. That'll hold me over. As far as all of my family in Louisiana, no, I don't know when actually is the next time that I'll see them with everything that's going on and then, um, you know, with the travel, different travel bans and things like that. So actually on Thanksgiving, it'll be a year since I've seen them. Wow. Yeah. And wow. they and they pretty much know that, that uh, there's a good possibility that we may not see each other till the summer. Ho- I mean, hopefully. That's what I'm hoping for. But Is the family pretty tech savvy? Could you guys see each other on Zoom or anything like that to, or FaceTime? or? Yeah, we don't do that. No. No, we talk all the time. I mean, sometimes we talk more than once a day. I mean, people call me all the time, but um, it's obviously not the same as being there. So it's going to be a transition this year. I'm not there. I'm usually there on Thanksgiving. They're actually not cooking this year. Really? Um, wow. What are they doing instead? They're not cooking, and a lot of them are not getting together just because of everything that's going on. So there's going to be a change in more ways than one for a lot of us. So we'll see. Uh, this year is very different for our family as well. Um, we are um, only having our immediate family in our house, which is so odd. Like, usually um, growing up, Every single holiday has had multiple family members for uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, the works. We always had people. And so for for Thanksgiving, especially to have just our five, it's very bizarre. It's a very bizarre feeling. Um, I'm it's we're very weirdly fortunate that because of uh, one of my sister's health issues, um, they had to temporarily relocate from their apartment in Los Angeles uh, back up here. 
um, since we have healthier numbers than in L.A. And so they've been here and they've been safe with us since March. Um, but it's very odd um, that we are only going to have the five of us for Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't know, like, I know it sounds really silly to think about, but I didn't know how serious people in this area were taking the curfew um, here in our state of California where you're not supposed to be out between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m., until yesterday and um we had just like we were i was working on grad school uh the girls were working on chores around the house and rebecca was just like oh i want a burger and so they said no oh, we're gonna go to in and out and they left around 11 30 and less than 10 minutes later they were home with our food i'm like what like no way like did they just opt out and they came with hot food and all this stuff i'm like what happened and apparently there was no one Oh, oh really? Like it was ghost. No one like, in and, and no one in in and in line. They were first. They paid. They got their food and they came home. It wow. was. Uh, it she said it was like an apocalypse. Like there was nothing. Like the lights were green. Everything was smooth. And we're not close to In and Out where we live at all. Like where our location. So for them to go and come back so quick was very That's odd. Crazy. Um, but I was even talking about it with my students in the lecture today and, uh, one of my coworkers' husbands, they had to get a pass, um, that in case they are pulled over by a cop that they shows their work shift to be like, oh, Hey, I am driving yeah. to work. Like I am not breaking curfew. Um, but it's very odd. This Thanksgiving just feels super weird. Um, my family still wants to do the whole thing with eating and I'm like, no, like let's conserve. Like we really don't need. Oh. giant turkey and all these things but they're they're getting excited oh. well, i bought my turkey today so i'm doing that this evening i bought my turkey today i went to the grocery store to make groceries this morning and there was a lot of people in there i can tell you that now so i don't know what people were doing if they're having big get-togethers or not but now you know. now the turkey the turkey so normally I go and I go to the butcher and I pay for my turkey ahead, but I didn't even know the protocol. So I'm buying a grocery turkey this year. Um, were they they sold out already? Just kind of being plucked out when you bought your turkey today, or are they still no? They have plenty. Oh, perfect. They have plenty. So, yep. No, no. Are you the kind of family that decorates early, like your house, or decorates days? decorates for the holidays? No, we don't decorate at all. No. <gasps> No way. Some years I don't even have a Christmas tree. Oh no! I'm oh. I'm by myself. I'm not. Here's the thing. Let me let me explain because that sounds. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not uplifting people. Now it sounds like I'm depressing y'all before the holidays. <laughs> let me explain. So normally, I am home at Thanksgiving in Louisiana with my family. My husband is usually on duty because Thursday is one of his regular duty days, so he's not usually off. So and then. Our daughter is older. She's out of the house. She lives on her own. So oftentimes, I'm, I'm by myself. If I if I was in California, I'd be. So I opt to go home because it's a great, it's an easy time for me to get away. At Christmas time, sometimes I am home in Louisiana, but most of the times I'm not. I'm here, and that's we choose to do that holiday with my husband's family. However, um, you know, sometimes Gabe <coughs> is on duty, and so it doesn't. It doesn't work. So sometimes I didn't. I, I just didn't get a tree, especially if we were leaving. When Katie was younger, we would always drive to Louisiana, the three of us. So it was like, and Gabe's a fireman. So he's like, we're not going to leave a real Christmas tree and, you know, fire danger. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so 
Um, so yeah, some years I did. I mean, let me just say, some years I didn't have a Christmas tree. Those were the years when my daughter was grown up and out of the house. <laughs> it wasn't when she was in the house. We always had decorations and and things like that. But now that I'm a little bit older and sometimes I'm by myself, I, I don't always do it. I won't lie. So I am the flip. I always decorate, Eve, especially when I'm alone. I definitely, when, especially when I was living in on my own in SAC and um, when uh, Rebecca and I were living together in LA, it was so important for me to deck out. Like we'd do the entryway, we'd buy a tree. Um, Eve, uh-huh. if it was, and I always like, especially when I was alone, I always felt bad for the little Charlie Brown trees that were just hideous that they needed to get off the lot. So I'd always like spend like under 20 20 bucks and get like the scraggly twiggy looking trees and get a piece of garland and make it cute because you know who else is there to impress just me or just me and uh, my sisters when we were living together um but I do find that I think because in California our weather isn't the best and we have to wait for the trees to come it's not necessarily the wisest to buy your tree now versus later because they dry out so fast like what? They're just kindling. I'll just blow your mind. So I'm such a cheapskate, so we used to have the same Christmas tree every year, a live one. I would, Gabe would cut a piece off the bottom, off the trunk, and we'd bring it inside, and then we'd have the Christmas tree, and then, we'd, and then you know, we'd keep it really well watered, and then I would go and replant it back in the uh, yard. That's awesome. And then I'd just recut it down. Oh, that's awesome. I did that for like four or five years because I was too cheap to buy a new tree. Because trees are expensive. See, I would, like, <laughs> if I had the yard space, I would do that. Um, I always envision, like, just having a grove of trees in my future home, just like in the back. I just love, I love holiday trees. Um, but I didn't even think of replanting one I buy. I think that's awesome. It doesn't always work, I should tell you that. It does die sometimes, but... Yeah, but we were on a lucky streak there for a little bit. Well, I saw, uh, just driving by um, Hopper Brothers on Oak Park, I saw some in the uh, bins where you can just plant them in your house. And I'm not thinking of buying one of those just so I can keep it all the time. They're so cute. I'm so weird. I love holidays. Like, this is, like, this is my time. I usually, I'm, I'm not romantic, so Valentine's is out. Think of them, I was okay. Everything else, I kind of just glaze over. But when it comes to this holiday time, I, like, just get a little more pep in my step. And But I did have to pull back. Like, I felt like even um, the movies coming out were just a little too early. And I was like, oh, man, it is too early to be this cheese ball. Like, I'm just like, no. Like, I'm going to go back to the island. And I'll see. I don't watch work. much TV, so... See, like, you're much smarter. I like, get into the whole sensation. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to fall in love. Well, duh. It's like the same movie recycled Oh, you over mean like the Hallmark over. thing? Yeah, all those, like, cheese ball Hallmark oh, movies. Oh, my Lord. My family watches those movies. It slays me when I go there. I'm just like, I think I'm going to go outside for a little bit. Well, I didn't. I'm going to go on a walk. I didn't know until my a friend of mine picked it up because she had just never watched Hallmark before. She got into it during the quarantine. And she goes, they always save the kiss for the last frame. I'm like, what? what are you talking about? And she goes, wait for it. They're not going to kiss until the last frame of the movie, or at least like within the last three minutes. No. So I tested it out and we were just kind of like, okay. And it worked like three out of three times that I had checked it. I was like, wow, that is weird. Like, and FYI did not consecutively watch one movie after one movie. I did other things, but it's like, if I had it on and it was at the end, I'm like, Oh, are they going to? Yes. It was just, 
particularly cheesy prepping for that holiday. But no, they watch lots of Hallmark, and then if there's not the Hallmark, they're watching Cowboys on the Western Channel. And then I go, I need a break, so then I walk down the road a little ways, like down the canal, and I go to the neighbor's house, and guess what? They're watching the same thing, same <laughs> same channel. I'm uh-huh. like, y'all know. Y'all got like 200 channels, yeah. I mean, come on. Like oh. something. The only time they're not is on Saturdays when LSU plays and on Sundays when the Saints play. But, yeah. Oh, man. Monday, Speaking Monday, of the Monday Saints. through Friday, Oof. Cowboys are Hallmark. Cowboys all year round. Hallmark at the holidays. At the holidays. And they up their game. They started those holidays like right at that Halloween week. They keep those going. They're just off um, off to that. But back to that. Saints comment I made. Man, prayers for recovery for Drew Brees after such a major hit with those bro- multiple broken limbs. Uh, yeah, he's got uh, uh, 11 ribs. fractured ribs and he's got a uh, punctured lung. Yep. Ooh, gosh. Anyone playing fantasy that sucks for you? Sorry about that. Um, and especially prayers for Drew Brees. He has just not had a lucky year this year. It's just been a really rough one. And especially because he was playing with that con- uh, potentially retiring. You know, like I remember that was a conversation. It was like, is he going to announce retirement? Is it going to happen? And both he and Brady faked this out. Brady, of course, flipping it and going to Tampa Bay. That killed me. But uh, not I'm not a Patriots fan by any means. But that was pretty hilarious for more 2020 randomness. Um, but when Bree- Breeze decided to stay, I was like, okay, give it another season. And now he has this. So, yikes. Two, uh, I think he's on IR. I think three weeks. He oh. missed three games at least. At least. Mm-hmm. So we can see what happens. Well, it's been a weird football year, too. Um, definitely with uh, the my team, the 49ers. Uh, Garoppolo, week one, messing with his ankle, like right in the first half. And then after that, just series of injuries for that team. Uh, it's just been rough. And plus, you have so many playing. Like, And I don't mean to sound insensitive when I say this, but they're playing the COVID card. Kind of like, oops, oops. And you're just like, ooh, what's going on? Uh, so it's just definitely been a time to be mindful and be grateful for our health, especially for the players that we care about. You're like, oh man. I think George Kittle was out also, right? (sighs) Yes. That was frustrating. Um, anyone that knows me on a personal level knows I'm very serious about my football. Um, and I, I'm in a competitive family pool. Um, we go and we work, uh, work toward, um, a prize at the end of the, uh, by the Super Bowl and, I was so close to being number one, and it slipped from my hands this past week. Just had a bunch of failing plays, and uh, now I just need to wait it out and see if I can recover. But we shall see. I bet you our listeners are like, um, so when's, like, the church talk coming? Right. <laughs> when's the God, hey, when's the God speak coming? See, I keep trying to interject it. And wrong like, wrong oh, podcast. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. We're just, we're just hitting back on all these things. Who but. knows? We may have to delete. Hey, don't do that. I love hearing us as our in our natural form. But well, <laughs> I, I think you probably y'all probably guessed it by now. But our topic today is gratitude. Mm-hmm. So, and we've been really crystal clear about you know our topic today, gratitude. Right. Everything everything we talked about thus far is you know. I just hear gratitude. So much gratitude. All, all over. So Oops. much. We are we are the uh, picture of gratitude. <laughs> Well, I think a good question for us to all ask ourselves, though, is that now that, you know, these holidays are finally upon us, we know that they're going to be different than any other time uh, 
that we can ever remember, uh, whether it's going to affect some of the traditions we uh, usually have at the holidays or, you know, who's available to come um, and be, like, physically present. But I think um, now they're finally here, we don't have to wonder anymore because we know that we're facing all these different restrictions. And I think that for a lot of us, there was that underlying hope that, you know, hey, November's a long way off. You know, by the time Thanksgiving and, and Christmas get here, you know, we'll probably be kind of, uh, we'll have like a sense of normalcy again. And then what a great way to step into the holidays with a, just a little bit, a little bit of sense of normalcy and then bring back some of these familiar things. And then it, it would be a sense, I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is it would be even an even greater sense of comfort to us, you know. And then we probably would, wouldn't be hard for us to be uh, grateful this year because, we, you know, given everything we've been through in the past, you know, eight, nine months. But now the reality is kind of sinking in that, you know, the holidays are here and it's going to be, for many of us, it's going to be worse than we envisioned because it's going to be that drastically different. And I definitely can see how, you know, normally uh, for many people, the holidays are are not a time of of hopefulness. It, It is a time of despair. And I can really see how there'll be many people this year who, you know, normally such a joyful time will be a little bit darker for them. So I think it's important to, to ask ourselves, we, we know what our situation is. What can we do to make the most of it now so that we, we are grateful for what we have and, um, you know, for different life experiences um, and just everything in general? I think it brings a whole a whole new facet to the gratitude game because, you know, normally we could sit around the table and be like, oh, I'm thankful for my family. I got such a great family. Oh, I'm thankful for my friends. You know, they're always there for me. And then now it's kind of like you're seeing people that are, you know, just like you and I that are either standing in line waiting for food. You're seeing, you know, friends who are having to make a decision between, you know, am I going to buy Christmas gifts or, you know, am I going to pay my water bill? Uh, You know, people sitting down and reprioritizing you know, what do I really need in life and what can I get rid of? Because the bottom line is now I'm trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think uh, the holidays, you know, do bring a sense of hope. But at the same time, they bring this, this stark reality that we've been in this thing now for a long time. And for some, I think they're, that little faint, you know, kind of glimpse of light at the end of the tunnel is maybe dissipating. I think we as Catholics, too, we've been very trained to understand that you know the season of lent is sacrifice the season of advent is preparedness where we're preparing for the coming of the lord we're preparing for his birth and celebrate and you know the holidays especially with thanksgiving being that and um almost an entryway into advent for us as catholics you know we have we've been so accustomed to like thanksgiving black friday holiday shopping all these things time togetherness planning And because of this global pandemic, we are forced to go down to the barest essentials. And for many people assume like, oh, the essentials are my family. But if you're not living with your family, if you are not with them all the time, they do no longer become that immediate thing you get to keep with you. And so it's very, it's a very foreign thing for a lot of people to go through and start navigating this sense of loss through a time of 
like what has been accustomed to so much joy and so much um, things to ramp up for. Um, I know, and, and I think the people that I worry about the most, uh, obviously I mentioned before that my husband is a fireman, uh, you know, around the holidays, they go to a lot of calls uh, for suicide. And, you know, I think uh, one of the things that kind of weighs heavy on my heart as we enter this holiday season is that there's going to be many people that this, they're facing their first uh, holidays without someone, which is always difficult. I mean, I can remember as a kid, uh, you know, our first Christmas without my daddy there, um, you know, and my mama taking that really hard and things like that. And now, um, you know, the difference between the experience that my mama had and the, and the experience that people are going to have now is that, you know, we still had Christmas as normal. Obviously, he, well, he wasn't there, but we still had it as normal and there was all the family was around. Now you have people who are facing, you know, a holiday, the first holiday without their loved one. And they may be in isolation because they can't celebrate with the rest of their family. Yeah. Which is, you know, really, and, you know, it sounds morbid, but, you know, when we talk about gratitude, it's something for us to think about if we're not in that situation. Because that's one thing that we should be grateful for is that we don't have to face that. You know, and it doesn't matter whether you're equipped to handle it or not, whether you have a a good response, you know, or a negative response, um... It is still a difficulty. It's still a hardship. And it definitely will be exacerbated this year. So I think that when we're sitting down, you know, before we eat um, our Thanksgiving meals, one of, one of the things that we probably should pray for is all, all the people who are alone on Thanksgiving or who are without that loved one. Yeah. It's, you know, loss is so difficult to navigate. And it is something that... You know, especially in a period where we have a we have a virus that our society is trying to fight. Everyone ha- believes they have the solution. That you know whether you know you mask it up or not, whether this vaccine works or not, if this politician is going to lead us the way or not. There's always we've had a target of like, okay, this is going to be the solution. It's going to be the way. And as we're living and as we're saying, we realize that's just genuinely not the case. Like. We are all in limbo and we're all waiting to find something. And so it's just so important to look toward that lonely person, to include them in the safest way you can. Um, Even if you can't hug them, even if you can't embrace them, acknowledge them. Send a text message, send a letter. Um, One of the things that this pandemic has really given me that I'm grateful for is I've reconnected with such amazing people that I hadn't spoken to in over a decade, you know, over a decade. And, you know, before the pandemic, there were people in my life I thought were my dearest friends. Like I thought, oh my God, I would do anything for them. Like we're so close. And I can safely say they're not in my life anymore. They don't, they chose not to call. They didn't check in. Life happened. Their priorities changed. And yet through the pandemic that they're missing this. Yeah, it was sad to lose them, but I was able to open my eyes to such other people that were, you know, there and open and embracing and supportive. And so, you know, it's God places people in our life to launch us forward, even in the darkness. And even if we can't be with them physically, you know, there is a reason. There is a reason for everything and to 
just be grateful for that spirit and ask God, why are they there? What can I give them? And what are they trying to show me? No, I think, I think that's a, a great observation because I know in, in my life, you know, I, I mean, for a while it seemed like everybody was dying on me. So <laughs> that sounds bad, but it, I mean, it, it just seemed like that when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I started realizing, you know, as you know, you, you become friend, friends with different people and, and the friendship endures and it's standing the test of time. You know, it, it, the idea does creep up in the back of your mind, like, good Lord, I hope they don't die on me. But, right? Yeah. But then I started thinking about it one day and it's kind of like, you know, maybe I should just be grateful for the time that I do have with them and not sweat whether it's going to come to an end or not. Yeah. Because then I could be missing out on, you know, different things with different people, you know? Yeah, it's a very odd feeling. Um, you know, I remember growing up, um, my, especially when I was younger, I always felt, I was always the kid that wore the heart on the sleeve, wanted to love everybody. And then you just kind of get burned a few times. And everyone kind of like, you just get up, you're resilient, you move on. And I remember one day, I don't even remember her name, but we just didn't become friends anymore. And it made me really sad. And I remember my mom explaining uh, the fair weather friends. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, when friends are good and in good times, and then the ones that stay true. And for a while, you know, like, growing up, I'm like, oh, you know, navigated it. But especially through this pandemic, when you look through, there's no fair weather in 2020. It has been a hurricane, tornado, fire, um, earthquake this morning. I don't know if any Central Coast people felt it like I did, but I was mid-lecture today, and suddenly a little baby earthquake went through, uh, sent tremors through the house. And so, um, you know, with all that chaos, the true friends emerge. And you can have the opportunity to be that friend, or if you're in a place of need, see, ask God to place the people in your life to help lift you and uplift you, especially during these weird holidays. Well, and you know, I mean, we got on this kind of, well, we're way tangent today. Way. <laughs> this is like tangent on steroids. This is the worst we've ever been. Um, but, <laughs> no, it is. Um, but, you know, I think, um, I hate that I'm always saying I think. I should stop thinking. It probably would do good for you the people know. around around me. But, you know, it's so easy to be negative. I think right now you have to kind of work extra hard to be positive. Mm-hmm. And, and you're kind of your positive vibes or whatever you want to call it is, I mean, you, a lot of people are probably running on fumes. Oh, you isn't know what I that mean? the truth? Even the most positive people <laughs> I know. Um you know, uh, they're, they're running on fumes. They're people that normally things don't bug them. And to see them kind of struggling is, it's an eye opener for me, you know? No, and that is very true. Um, as I've lived, as I've grown, I know for myself, uh, I'm the kind of person to where on the, on the outside, um, I will appear very positive and hopeful and optimistic. Uh, but the inside, um, like I met, uh, made a little nod last week, I play um, to just to myself, the worst case scenario game. And oh, if I'm that. Like, oh, yeah, right? I thought you didn't do that anymore. Oh, I shouldn't, but I do sometimes. Oh, I thought you were just talking about something from your past. Oh, no, I do that. I get, especially if I'm like outwardly positive, you can imagine in the brain, I'm like kind of like, a, what can happen, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, I'm working on being better and doing the best case scenario because I'll try to balance it. Um, but you have to look at, I think, especially in terms of mental health and mental health awareness, you want to keep an eye out for the overtly positive because you just absolutely want to make sure they're being supported because if they are exuding so much energy to appear hopeful, it can be absolutely misconstrued as manic. And you want to make sure that they're getting a balance and a support too and let them know it's okay to rest. It's okay to be calm. It's okay to accept. Um, because sometimes a blind optimism is just masked anxiety. And that, especially in the holidays, can be really detrimental. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm, I know I probably have the weird, weird look on my face. I'm kind of processing everything you're saying. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, early on, like several episodes ago, I can't remember which one, was, which one it was. You know, when we talked about faith versus religion... You know, we talked about religion as this thing that we know, these concrete facts, these kind of rules and norms that, you know, kind of guide our life. And faith is that, all you know, can I don't know, almost be thought of as the, I don't want to say personal spin because then that makes it seem like you're bending church teaching to fit your situation. I don't mean it like that. But it, your faith is that deep kind of personal experience that you have with religion, that, you know, your own kind of personal journey. And when, when I remember when we were discussing that, we were talking about how, you know, if all you know is the rules and all you have is, is these facts to rely on, if they're not integrated in part as part of your life and you don't have that, you're not on that personal journey, you don't have that personal faith to rely on, you have a really difficult time making it through hard times. And so I think right now, you know, one of the things I think one of the positive things of the pandemic is that it's it's given us this kind of self-imposed slowdown, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, before it's like almost like we were not um, we didn't have the mental or the physical discipline to put that on ourselves. But now we people are realizing because there's like this it, not only is there the self-imposed uh, kind of slowdown, there's, you know, a very um very external slowdown, which leads to the self-imposed kind of slowdown, which leads to this reprioritization of lots of things in our life, whether it be uh, how we spend our money, how we spend our time. You know, we're, and we're really seeing people grow, in, in not in all cases, but in, some, in a lot of cases, we're seeing people grow in a positive way. Because we have all these external forces that dictate basically what we do um, each and every day. I mean, the average person, you could name a day of the week and they could probably tell you a very specific something. It's not even, not even if you're like super regimentated like I am. Uh, but most people had routines. They had schedules. And if you named a day of the week, I guarantee you they could be like, oh, on Tuesdays, I usually, you know, I used to do this. Now we're seeing people kind of realign their priorities and kind of say, well, that in particular thing used to take 45 minutes of my time. Would I, better, would I be better off using that 45 minutes over here instead? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then once they do that and then they start doing whatever it is they put in that other thing's place, you're seeing, like, they're becoming better people in many situations. And I'm also seeing closer families, too. Right. Um, I think that, you know, we, 
especially in California, especially you ha- is very often you have to see two working parents in order to afford to live here. Right. Uh, is you there's really not a way for that to happen. But you know the pandemic hit. Ever the kids had to stay home from school. The parents had to work from home, or the one parent lost a job, the other adapted. There was so much that shifted their whole world all of a sudden, like flipped. And you could sink or swim. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a city slicker now. I live in town. You know, I live in a neighborhood. And I remember, like, in, shoot, I don't I don't think it was the end of March yet. And, and I walk all the time. I mean, I walk my dogs every day. I bike a lot. I walk a lot in general. And um, it was neat to see, you know, when, when Gabe and I were sitting down at the supper table to eat, uh, you know, out the window, there was tons of people we had never seen. You know, everybody has the normal mm-hmm. people that that's their route. But there were new people now walking down. And there was more families, you know, either pushing strollers or, you know, they had, like, you know, a kid or two, like, on a little bike. Yeah. And it was really neat to see just people being outside uh, more. Absolutely. It was so great to see, um, even in my own family, um my mom, unfortunately, she had suffered a sciatica in her hip. And one of the things, it just sucked. Uh, but one of the things she had to do after a chiropractic adjustment, she'd have to go walk. And, you know, she, she watching her walk, and she went from suddenly it was a block, suddenly it was a half mile, suddenly she was just off putting her earbuds in, doing a mile solo. And uh, you're going and through the pain. She'd come home cranky and she'd be like, ah, oh, my hip hurts. But it would like suddenly and she'd be like, oh, you have to meet this little family here. And, oh, I need to talk to my favorite people here. And my mom's very social. And so seeing her create these new connections, talking to old uh, families that I hadn't even heard the name of since I was in elementary school. And she's chatting with their parents and catching up there. It was It was just so cute to see that growth and see her kind of become a new neighborhood walking lady. And and I think great. the difference between, because I used to see tons of people walking by my house anyways, the same people every day at the same times, right? Mm-hmm. I think the thing that was neat about what happened early in the quarantine was these people were not just walking. They were being, I mean, I, the block I live on, people were outside all the time. The neighbors are super friendly. I mean, you know, I have to battle my neighbors just to pick up my own trash cans. I mean, because they're like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, Stacy. You know, so it's not that I don't live in, like, a super hospitable area, but these people that were walking by, they were super neighborly. I mean, they wanted to talk to you. They were, you know, it was it was neat. And and one of the neatest things I walked out, I walked outside upon one day was, uh, I mean, for here, people here in California, it seems weird. People probably... They think that I don't own any anything that doesn't have LSU on it. But the people that are living, listening in Louisiana, they're like, what's wrong with that? Right? Because it, it is a cultural thing mm-hmm. where I'm from. But one of the times, um, these kids came and rang my doorbell. And I didn't recognize the kids, so I answered the door. And uh, the parents were like, we're sorry, we're sorry. And I was just like, okay, I don't know what you're sorry about, but uh, I'm sure it'll be okay. What's wrong? You know, and they, she had a couple kids in tow, the lady. And what they had did was they had decorated my sidewalk. So they colored my sidewalk purple and uh, yellow for LSU. Oh. Yeah. And uh, the ki- they just wanted to ring the doorbell to show me because they were so proud. I don't know who the kids were. 
uh, they just were kids that were walking by, and they say they walk by all the time, and we've always got the LSU flag out. So they wanted to, de- that's how they wanted to decorate the sidewalk. Oh. So they left me this huge, like, really big LSU mural on my sidewalk, and it was, but it was really neat. That is so You know what cool. I mean? Just people that I just don't even know. You know, so, and there the kids were, they were just going to random houses on sidewalks and drawing on the sidewalks to cheer the people up. So, I I mean, I thought it was neat because it's not something you would see, you know, before the pandemic. And, you know, if you read the newspaper, I mean, we get the newspaper, we get the Wall Street Journal and the Tribune every day. And, of course, we watch the news. But, you know, a lot of good things are going by the wayside. Absolutely. Because they're still, I mean, it is still a serious thing. Don't get me wrong. But there, there's really, like, so much good. I mean, even even here at St. Pat's, I mean, you know, at St. Patrick's, you know, we couldn't have Mass for the longest time. When we were able to come back to Mass, I mean, people were, look, when I first put the reservations up and, you know, we figured out what software we're going to use and all that stuff, oh, I won't bore you guys with that, but um, as soon as I put them things up, man, the people were like, y'all were like, the spots were gone. Oh yeah, I mean it, that it was last maybe that was like the number one. Yeah, that was the number one complaint. They're like, we can't get in, and I was thinking like, this is like a good problem. Like, look at how starved people are to come back to mass. And then when we did come back, and you know we had meeting planning meetings and different things, you know, on the administrative end, and uh, we came up, you know, with a plan. We got approved, whatnot, by the county, and it was like, hey, you know. Um, uh, I'm going to tell y'all, we're going to need a little bit more manpower to pull this off. I mean, the people were like, you, you, we, we didn't have a spot for everybody. Nope. We had so much help. And, you know, I think those are the things that are going by the wayside that people are not picking up on. That, that I wish, you know, the news or, or the news, even like, you know, not maybe national, but like the local news or the local newspaper were picking up on some of these things. Some of these, it's really bringing, like, is it bringing bad out in people? Yeah, it is. Is it bringing cra- craziness out? Crazy is yes. out there. People are so but, wacko. But there are some so really, yeah, there's some really neat things that are happening. Well, I couldn't believe, you know, I've bragged on my rock interns a lot, my right of confirmation intern team this year. Um, I have four spectacular young women that are um, my interns, and they are so... They are the first to be thinking outside the box and be like, like, we got to do this for our teens. What do Father Beto and Father Vince need? What can we do here? And I'm just like, I can't keep up. I cannot keep up with their generosity and their thought process. Uh, Yesterday, uh, we had a year one session. And it was so funny because I was joking with our volunteers and the um, rock team yesterday after we hung up. Um, uh, with my personality, I always plan ahead. It's a teacher. And so I had yesterday's lesson planned all the way through till December and I had it ready to go. I'm in the shower and suddenly God whispered to me, you're not doing that. And I'm like, <laughs> I kind of was like, okay. And I was listening to my music. So I thought it was just like a part of my song. I'm like, oh. and as soon as I logged on, I looked at the agenda. I'm like, I'm not teaching this. Like, I look down, and I get a text from the interns. They're like, what? What are you doing? And I said, trust me. And then, you know, they're like, Rachel, what are you doing? I said, no, we're going to go. And we took our year ones, and we broke down the Nicene Creed. 
And we talked about every stanza and how it, it, when we say it and we say it with reverence and we say it with integrity, we are essentially putting on spiritual armor on ourselves to encounter the next week, to prepare ourselves with the honor of receiving the Eucharist, to tackle the, um, the challenges and the celebrations of our week, knowing that we are proudly Catholic and we are in living that life. And it was so funny because one of the teens, you know, we were talking, I said, you know, do you have any questions about what I'm saying? And she logs on through zoom and she goes, Hey, what happens if you see someone talking too fast? Like they're speaking over I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you know, like, you can tell they're not really thinking about it. They're just repeating. And it's true. I felt so called out because I have done that. Like, if I'm thinking about too many things, I'll just, like, I've said it so many times. And, you know, uh, I looked at uh, the couple of volunteers and they were chuckling because they have also been there. And I just said, I'm like, yeah, that's when you are just even more proud to say it slow. Let your cadence kind of set the tone. And they, people, uh, correct. They kind of flow through and you'll hear it in that community. Um, but I'm just so grateful for the opportunity, even in a pandemic, relying on the functionality of the digital to see these teens and to see them really thirst for this and want to learn. And they want to tell their families. Uh, one of the moms emailed me and said, my kids love coming to confirmation. They want to talk about when it's over. I can say I didn't do that at their age. I was just like, I went and I came home. And it's not that I didn't love going. It just was not, you know, I had other fish to fry once I came home. And so seeing that and seeing this transformation, especially when I thought we were going to lose the program, like there was a time when all this was going on, I'd hear different phone calls. I talk with other people. I was like, man, we're not going to make it. And some, not only have the teens persevered, but they've made it better than I ever thought we could. And we've had more help in the pandemic than I did before. It's yeah. very odd. <laughs> that's that's a weird thing for me because, you know, obviously with younger kids, Zoom is a lot harder. Our online education is a lot more difficult. It, you know, you can't really say like, oh, you're going to, you know, prepare for confirmation. This is, you know, you're almost an adult. Let's be mature about this. Mm-hmm. Take your faith. You know, you need to, you know, really be kind of immersing yourself in it. Yeah, you can't do that with, like, nine-year-olds. No. You know what I mean? And that's something that kind of bugged me that we weren't offering anything. But the, I think the thing that kind of really disappointed me is the younger families has not returned to Mass here. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, you know. Um, I don't know if it is from fear or you know, I don't know what the reasoning is. And I'm not saying this, by the way, in a judgmental way. But I I really, I kind of, I guess, for me, I kind of embraced the pandemic. I embraced the quarantine thinking that, um, you know, because I'm always saying that I have an older kid. And so mm-hmm. our daughter is uh, 22. Um, so obviously it's been a while since I've had little kids at my house. But, you know, I I see even when my child was smaller, the overscheduling of kids, the just they're so busy. It's just 
ridiculous. I mean, one time a kid was telling, came to me crying at catechism because he didn't know the prayers. And I was like, calm down, calm down. It's, we can fix this, you know. And they're like, when the kid has this breakdown, right? And she starts telling me her schedule. Like, I didn't ask, but she starts telling me her schedule. And she starts basically on Monday. And she has, this kid has something from the time her feet hit the ground to the time the kid goes to bed at night. Oh, man. And it was, and the kid was only, like, 11. Okay? <laughs> oh, sad. I know. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do for the kid, you know? Like, because the kid is clearly upset. She's having this, like, huge, this was, like, a huge meltdown. The kid was crying. She's like, I'm never going to receive communion. And, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And my mom's, I'm like, whoa. So then I'm like, here, let's make the prayer small. And you can put them underneath your pillow. And then the kid starts crying even more, and I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> here at the end, tooth fairy cuteness. She's like, oh. I'm batting a thousand over here. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I can't because my mom makes me read 30 minutes before. When I get in bed, I have to read for 30 minutes until I fall asleep. And I'm thinking, okay, clearly I'm not the best mother, but clearly this kid is overscheduled. <laughs> like, there is, oh. you know, you hear all kind of excuses as an educator on why why a kid can't get something done, right? But I'm thinking, good Lord Almighty, no, this kid has no time. There's no time. I'm like, it's so, well, if you can, and you know, of course we don't know what's going on, but if you can book 30 minutes to read before sleep, why don't we switch it to 30 minutes to prayer before sleep? But so or yeah. something like so here's some flip. I know. So here's where I'm going with this story. I really felt like all because that was something that Gabe and I, my husband and I, I we were really really big on with our kid is like not being overscheduled. Like we made her only pick one thing because we're not gonna be the parent that's like, okay, great, softball's over. Now we're off to soccer. Soccer's over. Okay, we're off to gym. You know, we just didn't want that. I'm not saying it's wrong or that we're the best parents. That's just how we wanted it because we felt like the outside world dictates so much of our mm-hmm. schedules. We wanted to, the portion of the schedules that we have control over, we did not want to be overscheduled because we still wanted time as a family. You know, especially with Gabe's schedule because he's gone, uh, you know, when it's not fire season, he's gone three days and he's most of the time home for so we wanted to respect the family time that we we would have together right so i my hope for the pandemic when i said a couple minutes ago that i embraced it was the fact that there would be this slowdown and that families would spend more time together they would become more cohesive as a family unit and then hopefully instead of church just being a box we check on the weekends it really will become something that they would do and and then hopefully because the pandemic has been dragging on as it drug on it will become you know a way of life it would transition from a box you check to a way of life mm-hmm. and then when it was over with i was hoping that people would look back on it going like wow i'm really happy that i rediscovered my faith or i'm really happy i went back to mass you know what i mean like because honestly and and this has happened to me also in my personal life you know you you a lot of times you, you're smart enough to know that something's missing, but you're not, you can't quite figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we go to these big problems or these big issues thinking that that's what it is, when in fact it's something that was maybe really, something really simple. 
you know, like either not being a good listener or just not valuing someone's time when they were sitting with you, you know what I mean, listening to them talk. So um, I, that's what was my hope. And I got to say at this point, that's one of the things that kind of bums me out. Well, I will say that we get a new opportunity. Now that the state of California has backslid and most of it's purple, and everything's locking up again, especially now. Um, like I mentioned earlier about the in and out, like going, there's nothing there. Um, you know, we have this new opportunity. You know, we have the observers that saw the families come together, that saw this. Now that we're going to be losing again, now you realize like, oh, wait, this is my an- another opportunity. We are granted a new chance. To go, and we're entering the season of Advent, which is a beautiful time for a family to transition into that faith because, you know, we get to enter the practice where we're preparing for something beautiful. We are preparing for Christmas, we are preparing for the birth- celebration of the birth of Christ. We then celebrate the Holy Family. We get to yeah. celebrate, and it's almost like a reward at the end. It's like, yeah, Christmas is gonna be great, but celebrating that Holy Family. Turning back to your own and saying, like, wow, this is what we're doing right now. We are literally mimicking this and having this be ours. It's a something really big to shoot for. It's something really great. And if families can take this opportunity to slow down and say, like, hey, it's time for our faith to be first. Have seen more Advent wreaths out, all of that. I'm yeah. very anxious Um we, our teens are having an Advent retreat in a couple weeks. Last year was so successful in person, but this time it's only going to be two hours on Zoom, which I'm like, ugh. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like so, like, it's like, it's so funny. When I looked at it last year, we had a nine-hour day retreat here, and I was so excited to give everything the kids were going to do. This year, a two-hour Zoom retreat is giving me so much stress. Like, it sounds so funny the way I say it. Like, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, what am I going to do with them for two hours? Whereas, like, last year, nine hours. I was like, that's perfect. And this year, I'm like, oh, my God, two. (laughs) And it's like, it's so so interesting because we really want to echo the importance of preparedness. And if quarantine's taught us anything, it's got to be prepared. People are already freaking out about toilet paper again, which I think is so stupid. Like, come on, I know, there was no cleaner today when I went to the store. Like, I was looking for, like, you know, like, the method, all-purpose cleaner. There was just blank shelves. Oh, Lord. Like, why do we need to get rid of that? Like, no, we don't don't need to rid... My mom, I cracked up. She's like, I use your Amazon. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, don't make fun of me. (laughs) Like, and I get the receipt. What'd she buy? She bought... Clorox Swiffer wipes, like the bleach mm-hmm. one. Then there's this scent, this coconut scent, and they don't have it in the store anymore because they're out. But it it, it was the fanciest looking Amazon box ever. Um, <laughs> that I made fun of her so hard. I'm like, did you really buy cleaning supplies on Amazon? She goes, like, I did. <laughs> So now, There's nothing wrong with that. No, it was definitely weird because I was like going on. I was just so grateful she didn't look at my search list because I was like, oh man, I have like so much on my wish list that I don't want people to see just because I'm not either never going to buy it or it's all nerdy and weird for grad school. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's going to get like lost in the uh, shuffle. Um, well, but... I haven't, I haven't given up, you know, on the younger families no. I mean, I think, you know, it's a weird time and, 
you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it seems like we've been in this thing for, you know, so long. It, it's hard back, hard to think back to Thanksgiving last year, what you were doing, right? I can't even put and, a finger on And so, you know, you know, some of them just might not have figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think that if, you know, especially if you're, you're in a family where you are concerned about going back to mass in person because of the virus. Even though I can safely say St. Pass has done such a superb job of following all the expectations and doing a really good job. Uh, we are fortunate that we still have the live feed. We still have that as an option to watch. It is on YouTube. Stay safe last a week, right? The yeah. videos. Yeah. It's great to be able to just, uh, my dad, he will literally, I'll find him just re-watching the homilies that our priests say. He'll like rewind and... Go back. Even though he went to Mass, he just will go and rewatch the homily. And he'll want that inspiration. I actually like the idea of us streaming here a lot. And I'll tell you why. I, I There are... We're going to pay for it. There's going to be a downfall to it. But I'll discuss that after. But mm-hmm. the reason I like it is because, you know, if you have cable or satellite or whatever, however you watch TV... Um, you know, you can log on to EWTN, and of course, you're seeing, you know, the mass from, uh, I guess, Our Lady of the Angels. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see it there, or sometimes, you know, you get the, the morning mass, depending on uh, what time it is, from the Casa Casa uh, Santa Marta with the Pope. But I think, um, you know, in the absence of mass, that's great, but I think they had to be something special, something super comforting about all of a sudden the parishioners being able to see their own priests. So I think all the parishes that are doing it, no matter where you're located at, I, I think there was something just just a just a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a like a soothing feeling. Well, well before right? we reopen, when we first streamed it, we would cheer like our family. We would like sit around. We're like, yeah, we'd applaud. <laughs> we get really into it. And then, you know, we were doing it every week for a while. And so because we hadn't opened up volunteers yet, we had the Conti family. You know, they're so yeah. nice. And we go, woo, John Conti. You know, like cheer, like, cheer <laughs> them on because, you know, it's just us. And we're very sport enthusiasts. So we like almost had that mentality, kind of like having that enthusiasm. But it was such a joy to see our priests back and it, to it have that engagement. It was so beautiful. No, it was. And early on, before we started doing it, I have to admit, I was I was watching the mass from my hometown. Yeah. And and the pastor now there is is a kid that I grew up with. He's a couple years older than me, but he's oh. the pastor now. So it was really neat to be able to see that. Oh, that's you know? so cool. Yeah. So um, what yeah. a neat thing, you know. There's been so much to be grateful for even amongst this pandemic and it's so scary because there's still so much unknown we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow let alone what's going to happen in a couple months the vaccine trials are hit and miss all these things some people and i know for myself i'm not going to be a first run tester of that heck no i don't think you have to worry about that i I just read an article uh in wall street journal that says you know it's going to essential workers anyways first Mm. so the lowly people like you and me are not on that list. I mean, no. <laughs> I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm probably going to hear back from someone on this. I'm not a medical expert, but I'm going to take my chances at a 98% survival rate. And I don't have any kind of underlying issues. I've never had the flu shot. Um, You've never had a flu shot? No. No way. Really? Why would I have Ever? that? Okay. I had, 
I was really good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna whisper Palooza. this into the mic. I haven't had a tetanus shot in over twenty years. <laughs> you know why? Oh my! Because that requires a shot. Oh, okay. I don't even go to the hospital. Don't you know that? In my tenure here at St. Patrick's, I've almost died twice by not going to the hospital. <laughs> okay, I okay. So I'm super weird. I love needles. I know that sounds so weird, and I actually like get weirdly. You better clarify myself. that. No, I do like the needles. I like the feel of it. It's so weird. Like it, I'm, um, I'm. I think it's the blood donation. Like when you go and you donate, I just really enjoy the feeling. It's so odd. Like I'm so weird. People think I'm so crazy. Yeah, that um, is weird. That is weird. I don't know why, but I really enjoy it. But I, um, I can verify that. For yeah. You. <laughs> no, but um. I don't get tetanus anymore because they overdosed me as a child with too much. And I had this infection that, like, doubled my arm inside. It was crazy. They just did some... I don't know how they made the mistake, but yeah, I had too much and I had to go back to the ER for them to process and help heal my body. But I'm not due for tetanus probably for another five years or something like that uh-huh. because they overdid it so much when I was a minor. It was very bizarre. Um, it must have been like a rookie move or whatever it is. But um, No, well, I was here at St. Patrick's one day working and then I went home and didn't feel well and the next day I had to be at work. But I, yeah, I detoured to the emergency room, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're really sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, but I got to be to work in, like, two hours. Do you think we can hurry this along? Or, like, do you think it's going to take longer than that? And they're like, yeah, you're being admitted. I was <gasps> like, oh, do I get a, <laughs> do I get a phone call? Because <laughs> I kind of didn't tell nobody I was stopping right here. Yeah, so then I was in there for, like, a week. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah. I've lived here at that time. That doesn't sound familiar, <laughs> but that is really funny. I can see it too. I can see it. It wasn't the first time. It happened another time too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am very similar, but I have a really high pain tolerance. So I can't feel pain like normal people. And I don't go to the ER unless like a limb's fallen off or anything like that because I don't feel it. And um, a perfect example um, was I just thought I had food poisoning. I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. And my mom went, you don't feel good? I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. And she goes, eh, no, I'm going to make sure you're okay. And I had a ruptured appendix and they had to rush me. Oh yeah, I had surgery. that Because I didn't feel it. I was just like, oh, it's food poisoning. She goes, uh, no, if it's you, it's something weird. So. I got a week vacation for that. For the ruptured appendix? Yep. No, it's, it's funny. You know, I think it's, uh, and this could be psychologically interesting for other people to figure out, but I feel like it's the people that like you and me who always work that we kind of miss the filters of like, Oh, I need to go to the doctor or I should, but no, definitely don't do that. I don't think it's a necessity, but that's just me. Not, not for me. You're very healthy. I'm just thinking for myself. No, you're incredibly. People should not listen to me. (laughs) <laughs> at all don't listen to my advice because <laughs> i certainly don't want to have to visit anyone in the hospital well that's the one thing we're super grateful we're grateful to be here i'm so grateful for this podcast i'm so grateful for so many things so well, many things and before do. we check out today i want to encourage everyone this is gonna sound really odd embrace the struggle that is thanksgiving mm-hmm. to help see the gratitude yeah. Because 
you know, uh, so many good things, so many fruits come from offering up things. Don't miss your chance. It sounds really odd. Don't miss your chance to suffer. Make it meaningful suffering and offer it up for someone. Because if you, whatever difficulty you're experiencing, whatever hardship you're experiencing, remember, there's somebody else out there that's got either the same thing or that times 10. And they may not have the same support uh, network that you have. They may not have the same faith that you have. So embrace the suffering and, uh, and offer it up for people that you know, you know, that are also suffering at this time. And one thing that's kind of, I don't want to go on this tangent as we close, but I'll explain this, it another time. This whole podcast has been a tangent today. It's been a today. crazy tangent today. But sometimes the suffering you go through is going to help so much later to someone you don't know yet. What you've gone through ends up being an anchor for someone that you don't even realize will need you. No. And it's, it's so... When you, I agree, embrace that struggle, embrace the pain, embrace the discomfort, and pray for clarity. Okay? Pray for the wisdom to hold on to it and not be bogged down by it. No, and if you're looking for inspiration, I mean, you, you've got no further look than uh, St. John Paul II. I mean, he was a living example of what it is like for us to suffer and to offer it up for the other members of the church. You know, we read we read St. Paul telling us that we're all different members of the church, but we forget about the part that when one of us suffers, we kind of all suffer. Mm-hmm. So when one of us ails, all of us, it makes all of us kind of sick, so to speak. And so we need to be offering it up. We need to be praying for our other brothers and sisters who are having difficult times. And I think that you can, like I said, it sounds morbid, but you really can see the gratitude. You can really see the things that you have to be thankful for through suffering. Absolutely. And I'm sorry that we only did four minutes of like theology and like all that. And the rest was like, welcome to conversation with Stacy and Rachel today. <laughs> you know what? They're going to find something to be Here's a hundred things for. that will not enrich your life today. <laughs> hey, you know what? You'd be surprised. They may love our weird oh, medical story. Here, here's something else I should probably tell people because I've been getting this question a lot. So now, you know, we're in the pandemic. We can't provide missiles. So we now, it forces people, I love this, by the way, it forces everyone to be old school and get their own missile again. So yes. I've been, a lot of people have been asking me, well, what missile do they use to say Pats and blah, blah, blah. Okay, you can have any missile for any Catholic mass. I, I would recommend the St. Joseph missiles. Um, there's usually, well, there's three of them. There is one that is uh, just for the Sunday masses of the year, and then the other one, as I said, there's three. It's a two-volume set for weekday masses. But you can buy them separately, so you don't have to buy all three, especially if you don't go to, you know, weekday masses. The St. Joseph Missile is a great missile. It's going to have all the readings. It's going to have all the prefaces, the Eucharistic prayers. It's going to have the antiphons, everything you need at Ma- to follow along at Mass. It's super easy to follow along. The Vatican II missile is a little bit more involved. I would say it's not as user-friendly. Um, and then I, and the other, other one just escaped me. But another thing you can do is if you're really looking at kind of upping your prayer game, Magnificat is a great subscription. I prefer it to the word among us, but everyone has got, you know, their reasons why. It's not, an inferior, it's not that it's an inferior publication. It's just that... Um, 
I like it because it offers you not only everything you need for the Mass, it'll offer you morning and evening prayers. So it's like a condensed kind of Cliff Notes version of the Liturgy of the Hours if you don't have the time to pray, you know, oh, all the, you know all Matins or Lauds or Vespers or whatnot. But those are great missiles for you to follow along, and you would only need, um, you know, the one missile if you're just looking for Sunday, and that will do all uh, the Sundays as well as the uh, major Holy Days obligation in the church. Um, you can get it on Amazon. It's not that expensive. Uh, if you choose to do Magnificat, Magnificat in the last, I think about five or six years ago, it actually came. They actually came out with an app, so mm-hmm. you could have it all on your phone which is really great so you don't have to carry around the, the hard copy. That one's a subscription. You can, you can pay per year or like per six months. But um, it will also have, um, obviously, if you do Magnificat, that's going to be all the masses of the week. So we'll have the backgrounds on the saints, like whatever saint of the day it is. It'll give you kind of like a small, you know, couple paragraph uh, biography of their life. Uh, the Word Among Us does similar uh, things, but a lot of times you can do free trials with either or either of those publications. So I invite people to check it out. Um, you know, now that we're at Mass Outdoors, you know, a long time ago I talked about it and I was no Teresa of Avila in my focus. Well, let me say something. Outdoor Mass is great, don't get me wrong, but for trying to remain focused, it could be a little difficult when there's noisy trucks passing on the <laughs> on the road or there's tons of leaves blowing or whatever it is distractions are you know pretty uh plentiful when you're outside so uh i would encourage everyone to invest in a missile i mean they're not that expensive and um it's really neat to be able you'd be surprised if you got you if y'all grabbed yourself a missile just for one sunday and man if you brought that thing to mass and you followed the whole entire mass you would be surprised how many words um you're not even picking up on that Father's saying, and the beauty of the consecration, the beautiful, the just, I mean, I, I can't even put words to it, just the magnificence of the prayers. And to think that, you know, especially if you're at Mass and Father uses uh, what's called the Roman canon and he uses the first Eucharistic prayer, that's coming from the beginning of the church. Those are not the words uh, that are rewritten by different early theologians or church fathers. Though that Roman canon is like the oldest of our Eucharistic prayers. It's actually the um, only Eucharistic prayer that still remain when we made the transition to the vernacular. So it's really, really uh, great language, great language, and just you should admit yourself. I mean, we always talk about the Mass being a miracle. You know, uh, admit yourself in the language of the Mass. You'd be surprised how blown away you are. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing and um having the opportunity to observe and connect and um, absorb mass is just incredible um but one more recommendation before i close out with prayer um if you are and your family are looking for something to watch that isn't a cheesy hallmark movie isn't your normal things that you're binging um one of the faith-based channel a subscription i recommend is pure flicks not the great pumpkin charlotte brown Oh, I loved it. I was so excited. It was oh, on wait, yesterday. Oh, wait, that passed. I'm sorry. It passed. It was yesterday. Yeah. But no, um, the Pure Flix channel has a lot of um, Christian-founded stories uh, that are, you know, some are um, based in modern times. Some are older. Um, 
but they're really relatable. Um, I will tell you there's no, like, I would not say there's, like, Oscar award-winning actors and actresses and creators that create these things, but they are relatable. Like, there are things that you're like, oh, I understand it, um, and you can connect. Um, they hit all the little check marks. They have rom-coms. They've got dramas. They've got... Um, little action because of some of the uh, experiences saints and other characters have gone through. Um, but I recommend it as a family to explore that and start initiating those conversations about applying your faith and seeing it in your own life and the way you absorb uh, the TV and movie media. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening and enjoying us today. Uh, I'm going to close out with a gratitude prayer. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, grow a more grateful heart in me. I take you and others for granted far too often. I get sucked into the busyness and stress of life and I just forget. I forget to see the multitude of blessings you give me every single day. I forget to stop and look at the good things because it's so easy to dwell on the bad stuff. Give me faith to see you and to work in my life. Answer the prayers left and right. Teach me to look around and appreciate the beauty in the world you created for us. The sights, the sounds, the textures, the smells. Help me dwell more on what I do have rather than the things and the people I don't. Fill my mind and my heart with peace, joy, contentment, and overwhelming gratitude for all you've done for me. I want to fall even more in love with you with a heart overflowing with gratitude and thankfulness. I love you so much, Lord. In your son's precious name, I pray. Amen. amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Happy Thanksgiving to our amazing followers. Please be safe and well this holiday. This has been Trial by uh, Fire podcast with Stacey and Rachel. Have a beautiful holiday and be safe. See you all next time.